Oscar Poker. And if I'm wasting my time, then nothing could be doing episode what is it 25 yeah i think so um okay i don't i, I have this r- miraculous ability to fail to research that every time we <laughs> these um, recordings I, i'm always going gee which one is it <laughs> you know. Not every anyway. <laughs> so um your jeff is coming to us from the south by southwest uh film festival in austin Yes, in fact, I'm walking uh, along a uh, boulevard right outside the Austin Convention Center as we speak. Mm. I have a uh, screening of a film I've already seen, but I haven't seen the last 15 minutes of, which is Win Win, which I'm walking to right now. They're they're kind of slip me into the screening. They don't have an actual hard ticket, but they're going to get me in anyway. Oh, great! Um, and there's uh, there's been three. Films uh, that are really uh, surprised me, and I was very uh, uh, well. Two of them surprised me, and one, one was just good. The one that was just really good is the uh, documentary about Conan O'Brien's uh, uh, tour that he did last summer in the wake of the big brouhaha, which he uh, failed on the Tonight Show and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's called Conan O'Brien Can't Stop, and it's just a very smooth, polished, and and funny, and 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 very you know likable film. And you see how much he's into music. I didn't really realize that he plays guitar and he's pretty good at singing. And did you know that? I didn't know. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the show. So, I'm, I'm, oh, you yeah. That just landed distribution too. Actually, um, Abraham Arama and uh, Magnolia picked it up. Uh-huh. And I guess AT and T is handling the advertising spend on it, which is kind of weird, but good. You know, they, they, okay. they obviously have plenty of money to throw around. Um, so I, there's and, a lot of potential I, there for that one. And I posted the uh, video of him when he came out and did, did his uh, spiel in front of the audience after the film. And it was just a lot, a lot of fun. It was, it was, you know, entertaining and fun and, and engaging. And a very smooth uh, job of, 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 uh, of filmmaking by the his, an ex-class of his at Harvard. And now I can't remember the guy's name. But mm. uh, Rodman... Rodman, well, it'll come back to me. Hmm. Uh, the other two surprises, uh, and I, I think it was one of the big shocks of my movie-going life, was that I really loved uh, Super, which is a satire, a skating uh, satire. It's basically a big F you to all the uh, Comic-Con geeks that uh, swear by superhero fantasies. Oh, no. And it's yeah, ideally the kind of movie I would have made if I had been behind the helm to take down that whole mythology, that whole faith, that whole, you know, like, wow, <clears throat> you know, wow, what a, um, <clears throat> great, something just cut, <laughs> a bark just <laughs> got <caught in> my throat. <laughs> the True. dangers of podcasting outside. <laughs> or it's some bugs. comic book fan targeting you. Know, it in my mouth as I was talking. So. <laughs> oh, no. No, they would never attack anybody in person. They would just walk <laughs> by right. yeah. funny. Anyway. So, um, can you be a little James, more specific? James Gunn's Super. It's about um, it's you know, it's Rain Wilson as a um, as a you know, kind of a <clears throat> sad kind of geeky guy who's a, a short order cook, and he is um, <clears throat> lucked into a marriage with um, <clears throat> I can't get the bug out of my throat, but I'll keep talking. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, <laughs> um, the Tyler Jesus, that's irritating. <laughs> Anyway, she's um, she's got uh, issues as far as uh, drug addiction is concerned, and Kevin Bacon, completely playing an unrealistic character, is her drug dealing. Uh, is a drug dealer who kind of seduces her to go back into that world. It's very primitive. It's like a, like I said, it's like a trauma film in some respects. It's not something that you can really accept or believe in. Hmm. However, it's very caustic, and it's really a emphatic uh, disdain for that whole mythology and, and really what what happens is that he that Rain Wilson becomes this red suited superhero who 
see themselves as someone who's going to strike out of the uh, of the uh, unsavory, lawless, uh, corrupt elements in his world and his city and his society. And he overdoes it to the point that it's really kind of funny at the same time and yet rather ugly because he's, you know, bludgeons people with a lug wrench and, mm-hmm. and makes them bleed. And they're not necessarily deserving of all this wrath. So it really basically says that, that geeks are... Um, are, are, are not just lonely and kind of homely looking, but they're, they're <laughs> furious. They're angry, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Is that so because they're homely looking? <laughs> they're <angry>. I'm just <laughs> saying is it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen because it does not say what I thought it was going to do. You know, but, it, but are it, you it sure really that is, that's uh, the the message? I mean, is that really the message, or is it is that your reading of it? Um, I mean, would would somebody that you would call a geek or whatever, if they sat down to watch it, would they think that it was that about that? I'm not making up a movie in my head. I'm telling you exactly <laughs> what it says. <laughs> no, but I mean, is it a matter of interpretation or is it really like a... Um, because it seems to me that they're trying to appeal to the very audience that they're insulting, and that doesn't seem like a very wise marketing move. However that it may sound, I am telling you that the content of this film does not embrace wink and give a you know a hug to the to Comic Con geek culture. It really doesn't <laughs> because that culture, you know, really does swear and loves and obviously has made many films about people that you know, like Spider Man and all the way on down. That you know, uh, their lives are enhanced and and made heroic by their uh, adopting and 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 you know, creating this alter ego that is much more aggressive and much more. Uh, much stronger and, and bolder and faster and cooler looking and all that than they are in their real life. We all know the the, the old trope. So yeah. this is just taking this thing and, and doing a whole different spin on it. I am not inventing anything. I'm telling you exactly it what sounds it really interesting. It sounds very dark. You know, it doesn't sound... Yeah, extremely. But what's, what makes it less dark is that it's kind of a dorky movie. It's, it's, it's a trauma-like film. It's, um, it's not really that realistic. So, take that for what it's worth. That, that kind of lightens it on some level. You know that it's just not real, but it, it is saying these things. Do they? Um, and, uh, it, when you say it's not real, do you mean like when he when he um, bludgeons people that the blood doesn't look real, or um, like is well, it? It's not so much. It's not so much a matter of sex. It's a matter of. Um, <laughs> Well, Kevin Bacon, for instance, the drug dealer, is very broad and obviously winking at the camera or at himself or at the director. Um, um, there, there's, a, there's a tone of humor that goes through that's rather, you know, to be very dry. And, and I was kind of, I never really laughed out loud, but I, at times I kind of gasped in, in shock at what mm. they were doing. Wow. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but obviously I, I think because... As we, as I said, we were not recording the fact that not IFC Films with IFC Midnight, which is a division of IFC Films, is the distributor of record on this film. Mm-hmm. So it, they obviously believe that it's going to be very, probably fairly marginal as far as audience acceptance is concerned. And I think that there's a certain uh, element within the Comic Con culture that's going to not like this. Or, uh, but, but, you know, you can't tell. I, I'm saying that any festival uh, audience, you know, you, you get a lot of passion at these festivals. And people are really uh, out there with their feelings, and, they're, and they, they, they really boo. And they, everybody loves what they're being shown. They love being there. They love the whole, you know, togetherness aspect. So I don't think you can tell what's really going to happen yeah. from a South by Southwest audience. But... <laughs> Say they all loved it. At, when I saw it, they were they were cheering everyone. And Ellen Page is absolutely magnificent. She is really killer. It's one of the best performances of this type uh, that I've seen that any actress has ever given. I mean, she just goes so um, hyper and apeshit in her um, technique, her oh, performance. Wow. That's great. You know, Jeff, I really loved it. Nobody can um, make a movie sound as interesting as you can. It's it's like you have, just have a way of talking about movies that makes them you know seem so much more compelling and interesting than they seemed. So this is definitely going to go at the top of my list. Yes, yeah, Do, yeah. doesn't it sound great? I, I mean, think what yeah. you're uh, you're sort of saying in a sly way, Sasha, that <clears throat> I create these movies 
in my own, I, I'm, I feel enthusiasm for something. I make it sound better than it actually is. Well, I think in some cases it might it might be true, but I don't think that you're wrong. I mean, you know, half the yeah. most of the time, the movies that you say are good do turn out to be good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I tried. By the way, there's about there's about seven segways for uh, running by you right as we speak. You know those two wheel yeah, things that people sure. buzz around on, uh-huh. and they're doing this kind of promotion. All these kids with these red helmets are going down the street with segways. Oh, that's so funny! I've never actually have you ever done that yourself? Have you ever actually rented one and? Never. No, I, I've seen them though in Santa Barbara. Remember, uh, they're just everywhere in Santa Barbara. They just yeah. have these tour, these yeah. Segway tours. You know, they like them because they yeah. they don't yeah. generate smog and. Yeah. But um, but so super is that the best film you've seen so far there? Well, that and Source Code. With Source Code, which I was I thought would again would be Source Code, yeah. Uh, probably overly familiar. You know, it's a uh, it's the the best description that I have heard, and I believe it really is uh, is. is that's when you're, you're going to hear anywhere, is Groundhog Day with a bomb. You get to go over the same eight minutes over and over again, and Jake Gyllenhaal's oh. task is to determine who is the bomber, who is the person that he has to identify and stop. So that the, uh, the, the, the deal is it's kind of a time loop thing, and people, um, he, he is told that he can't save the people on the train that is, you know, uh, that is blown up. Uh, that's already fixed. That's that's locked in. But they can save uh, another group of people who are going to get bombed by this bomber when he goes into the city of Chicago and uh, and, and plants another device, a really bi- a much bigger one. So that's the uh, that's the idea. It's it's a it's a complex thing. But I'll tell you what it, it what it is. It's, it's like a a really good Twilight Zone. Um, all right. Thank you. Say again. <laughs> You're getting a ticket right now to go in to see this movie? They just gave me a ticket to go into this movie, yes. Oh, okay. Now I'm walking into the main door, you know. <laughs> and Paul, Paul Diamani and, uh, and the cast is, uh, is out here as I'm walking right past them. And well, can you just stand still for a minute <laughs> so we can finish our podcast? <laughs> Jeff. Now I'm in the lobby and, you know. Okay, yes? so. What happened? <laughs> You can't um, hear me no, now. No, no, I can hear you. I can hear you. Can we? Can we? Can you stand still for a minute? Do you have a minute, or do you have to go in? I'm in. I'm. I'm going to go upstairs to the balcony so I can. Uh, after I put my bag down and on a chair, uh, so I can uh, continue this. I just have to put my bag down, and um, now you can probably hear all the people's voices, all the all the walla walla of people's voices. But oh, is there, are you at a party a or at a, at a screening? No, I'm right in the middle of the Paramount Theater on Congress Street in Austin. I'm but, right here, and I'm trying to find a uh, seat as we speak. Um, you mean a mo- the movie's party. about to start? It's going to start in about, um, well, it, well, it's supposed to start in 10 minutes, but it won't start in 10 minutes. Oh, okay, great. So we have some time. Okay. <laughs> This will just be a short podcast. Um, I believe that um, you, when you uh, when you, uh, uh, you, you if you want to save a seat, you have to put something on the seat. You have to put a newspaper. You have to put a folded anything, you know. But you can't just point to it and say, "Oh, that's safe." I, I think that uh, any animal in the jungle will tell you you have to territorially <laughs> mark the the area that you're saving that's yours, right? Yes, you agree? that's right. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I've been, I can't tell you the number, and younger people don't see it this way. I live, there'll be like five seats, and I'll sit down in like the fourth one over, and the guy goes, oh, I'm sorry, these five are saved. They yeah, are? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, because I'm, I'm pointing them and saying that they're safe. Right. Well, not in my world, man. You gotta, you gotta, you know, all you gotta do is find something to market with, and I'm, uh, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Paul Giamatti's walking by again in front of me. I'm looking to see where Tom McCarthy is. Tom McCarthy's the uh, director, writer of this very good film, which you've seen. Can you tell me what you think of Win Win, Sasha? I haven't seen it you've yet. You've seen it, right? Phil oh, saw you haven't it. Seen it yet. Okay. No, Phil saw it, and he thought it was great. So they're there to promote it. Are they going to talk about it beforehand or afterwards? Or Yeah, uh, that's part of the deal of any, you know, they, they come on in the beginning and they wave, and then uh, they do a Q&A after it's all over. Oh, great. Well, you know, uh, and, you, if you and, can record that Q&A and put it on your iPhone, we can stick it at the end of the podcast. That's what I intend to do. That's, oh, great. That's one more thing to do. Oh, okay. Unless you're going to put it on your site, yeah. 
So you haven't seen the but last fifteen minutes of it, Jeff? You're you're catching it again yeah, to see I that. Met, you said? I know that what he, I know that what Paul Giamatti, uh, as as you know, and uh, those have seen it know that he has a kind of a a bit of a ethical uh, problem with having uh, uh, accepted money from the state or from the town to take care of an old guy named played by Burt Young. And uh, I don't see it as some horrible ethical failure. I think it's, you know, uh, something that's uh, probably a little on the, on the shady side, but it's not like something he has to, you know, pay a fine or go to jail for. I just didn't think it was that awful. No, he, you, you buy it. It's out of desperation, you know. It, it flows naturally, I, I think. I mean, you know, there isn't a person who's taking care of an older person. If they can, you know, it, it's, it's time-consuming. It's, uh, you know... But the odd thing is that he, after he accepts the what is it the fifteen hundred a month, which is not that much money to take care of Bird Young, he decides to put him in a home anyway, which is, <laughs> which struck me as odd that he would do that. But uh, anyway. nobody plays those great characters better than Paul Giamatti. I mean, in you know Barney's version, Sideways, he has you know, know parts of him that are really um, you can relate to, and then he'll have one or two scenes where you're like, "Whoa, buddy, you know what are you doing?" Like in in Sideways, where he steals the money from his mom <laughs> up and yeah. laughing at him and relating with, to him and, and then that happens and you don't yeah. know what to think. Yeah. So I like that. That's, yeah, yeah. He always picks interesting characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw Paul Giamatti at a restaurant once in Santa Barbara when Sideways was that when that was the big Sideways year which I believe was 04 possibly mm-hmm. and, uh, I, and I told him my theory which is that you know, he should have in my opinion definitely won Best Actor for that Oh God, it was so great! Remember that that? he was one of the best things flat out, and that was the best film of that year for sure. I think. No, I'm starting to. I'm trying to remember, Sasha or Phil. Did he even get nominated? Did he miss out on that, or what happened? No, that's what I just said. Yeah, he was snubbed. That was. I remember waking up that morning and and following it and saying, "Where the hell is Paul Giamatti?" That was Mm. the big snub of. what was that, like 2005, 2004? And he was also snubbed for uh, American Splendor, right? Yep. Okay. But he was nominated for Cinderella Man, so you know. And then he lost out to the Clooney. That was that was funny. That you know, Cinderella Man uh, uh, was probably was a fine performance, but it was basically just the guy in, in the corner of the ring. It wasn't that interesting a, a role. He was just he gave a lot of uh, spirit, a lot of feeling, a lot of, of. But but he was wonderful in Sideways. And my theory to him was, and I shared this with him at a restaurant called uh, Olio y Limone in Santa Barbara, that it was the scene when he takes his mother's money from the top drawer and pockets it without telling her. That probably, uh, you know, killed it uh, as far as some people, as far as nominating, because they didn't, you know, people don't just vote for the performance. In fact, you could argue that they mainly vote for the character and the performance rather than performance and the character. And I think that that kind of hurt... uh, Hurt him with a certain age group, you know, the people that are the, as old as his mom. They don't like right, that. Right, right, right. And and I think there was something to that. And he thought about that. And he went, damn. You know. <laughs> He's like the funniest guy. I gave, I got an, I interviewed him this year. It was a really short interview. It was so short that I couldn't even write up a story about it. It was like ten minutes long uh-huh. or something. Because he gives such, uh-huh. he gave such clipped answers. You know, just sort of nice, very nice, very um, humble and sweet, but just, you know, did not talk on and on, didn't want to give the canned responses, was doing what he had yeah. to do, but, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't exactly a great interview, although I came away thinking, wow, he's a really down-to-earth, cool person, doesn't take this stuff very seriously, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he doesn't live back there, you know? No, I don't think so. I don't know, I know he's from... Um, Connecticut, actually. I think he his he grew up there or something. He went to Yale, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, I think he's an Eastern guy, and I think he lives back there. Um. Hey, hey, by the way, uh, this is completely off the uh, off the track of what we were talking about. But you know, are you aware of a film called Beginners with Chris Plummer and Ewan McGregor? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays his son, and I, I think that Chris Plummer, at the ripe old age of 78, or his character, rather, at age 78, decides that he's gay. Mm. And uh, it's partly about the, you know, what his father's uh, change of life, is, uh, how it affects him. And um, I think it's kind of a little late in life to be deciding 
who and what you are, but um, <laughs> that's what the story is. <laughs> I don't think he's deciding it. It's just that he's deciding to come out. Acknowledge you know? it openly, yeah. yeah. And especially from that generation, that could not be easy, you know. that's. I know a guy who's yeah. uh, 50 who just came out to his family. He waited a long mm-hmm. time, and um, it wasn't easy, you know. Right. But he's always been gay. He's yeah. always known he was gay, you know. Yeah. Well, I was just speaking to a uh, to a woman who uh, lives here, and she is a uh, uh, erotic massage person <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a sex therapist. <laughs> right. Speaking. Uh, yeah. And she knows. Yeah. Yeah. She has a grandfather, literally a grandfather in his eighties, who's decided to become uh, a basically a cross. Not that he's deciding to be gay, but he's decided that he's there's a, there's a certain happiness, certain comfort, mm-hmm. serenity that he gets from uh, from wearing uh, you know laundry and women's clothing. You uh, know, the thing is, is I'm just thinking. Yeah, go ahead. There's a certain comfort in acknowledging um, the things that you know get you off. Really, I mean, there's no point in fighting yeah. it just to conform. I think that as you get old, that's a sign of maturity when you finally just say, you know what, this is what I like to do, and I'm going to do it because it feels good, you know? Nothing wrong with it. I say they embrace the weirdness, you know? I mean, who knows why people grow up with with the kind of desires or fetishes they have. I mean, it's it's a mystery, really. As I was saying uh, way back when, was it 02 or 03, when Larry Wachowski decided that he was going to change his... uh, his, uh, his orientation, his gender, I should say, and become Lana Wachowski. Isn't that his name now? Yeah, I guess so. You probably you don't know. know. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just refer to now as the Wachowskis. You know, that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's Lana. Let's just say it's Lana. And I, I, I always noticed him when Larry was Larry. He always had a look on his face. He had a kind of a kind of a heavy cat with kind of the weight on his the weight of the world on his shoulders, a little mm. bothered. He never really had a great smile. Uh, he had a, uh, you know, kind of one of those conflicted, uh, you know, interesting people's looks that, you know, you, they don't seem to be especially radiant about anything, but they are who they are, you know, and mm. that's, that's the, the deal. But when he became a woman, there was, all, there was this real glow that came from him. He seemed really happy about it. So, you know, it's hard to, like, say uh, he's not doing the right thing. You know? No way. He, I mean, you can just see it, so. Yeah, you can't. I mean, at some point, you finally have to just give up and say, I can't live yeah. and pretend that I'm somebody I'm not. I just can't. And it's, it must be such a relief to just be able to be who you are, you know. Right, right. And if people don't accept you well, then, you know, mm-hmm. to hell with them. Anyway, uh, anyway the, how about the Chris Plummer? <laughs> we let should... me just finish the thought and I'll, and I'll quit it. The Chris well, because we got to move Ewan on. McGregor, the... Yeah, you're going to cut me off again. <laughs> no, no, please continue. I'm sorry. Let me just finish the one sentence. I'll shut up about it. All right, Chris Plummer <laughs> and Ewan McGregor. It's a it's a film about Chris Plummer, you know, deciding he's gay at mm-hmm. 78, mm-hmm. and it is playing here. I didn't realize it until this very second. For whatever reason, I didn't even. But it's, I, they're flashing all the movies that are playing at South by Southwest up on the screen, and everybody sits there, and I just saw it yeah. on the screen. So I'm going to see that tomorrow. Oh, great. Well, let me know how it is. That Talk about, I hate to always bring up the Oscar word, because it is Oscar yeah. poker after all, but talk about somebody yep. who's way, way overdue, Christopher Plummer. So this might end up being his role, his year. So keep an eye out for that and see how good his performance is. Um, that's gonna wait, sh- wait, Sasha, isn't he, he's in something else that is... And, and so we can just put our heads together. Something else that he is in. Oh yes, uh, he's in uh, the um, um, uh, the, the uh, David uh, Fincher film. He plays the oh. older guy who hires the detective to find his long lost uh, daughter. Remember, oh. and uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. He's wow. got the uh, the elderly uh, role in that one. So you know, who knows? I'll be I curious don't think that, to that's see. Gonna be Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll be curious to see how, you know, that's always sort of the Oscar formula is that you you come out in your Oscar year with two performances, one in a big Hollywood movie that is going to make a lot of money and, you know, give you a higher profile, and one that is the, you know, the more Oscar-worthy, smaller film. So it looks like, you know, he's got a good year set up for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being on the top of the list for Best Actor consideration. 
Well, it sounds like there'd be a split there, right? Uh, the beginner's role sounds like a lead, and then Girl with Dragon Tattoo would obviously be supporting, so yeah. he's, you know, in play in both categories. Do you actually think, really, that just because Dana Fincher is doing a movie of a very popular, uh, uh, you know, book and series and everything, do you think that automatically installs an Oscar-level thing? I just... No. It's not a, a very profound uh, piece of work, you know. It's just... It's going to be the usual David Fincher. Right. Uh, his, his chops are going to be in, in evidence, and it's going to be very well made. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much is inside that film, you know. I don't think it'll be um, an Oscar movie. I'm, I'm going to guess it's not. He seemed to be so happy and gleefully off off the Oscar track and going to film it. I think it's just going yeah. to be a great, <clears throat> a really great movie, you know. I hope he never right. does the Oscar dance again. I really do. <laughs> I hope he never, <laughs> ever does. Um, but Christopher Plummer, though, has been acting for decades, you know? And yeah, yeah. the man has never won an Oscar. Let me he check that. Been, uh, what, uh, can you remember if, if he was nominated when he played Mike Wallace in The Insider? Swear no, to God, he's on... Oh, go ahead, Phil. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think he was stumped here. I have it. The only time he's ever been nominated was for... Uh, the last station, actually. Wow. Can you believe Which, that? They must mm-hmm. hate That's him. Unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't. I thought he would have got had one sooner than that. He must, yeah, I don't know yeah. why he was snubbed for the Insider. That's that's a crime. He's great in the Insider. I mean, he's been acting forever, and he's never been nominated for an Oscar. It's really crazy. It makes you think he might be like a Lauren Bacall type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody yeah. hated her, and she, <laughs> she used to slap people backstage. Right. <laughs> but um. Yeah, but oh he's, yeah, he's I, know, I, wanted, I wanted to mention, by the way, just to change the subject abruptly again, but I've never been to the Alamo Draft Houses. Uh, mm. I've never been to Austin. Have you ever been to a, to a theater in which they serve you food as you're sitting there watching a movie? I haven't, yeah. but I... Oh, you have, Phil? Yeah, there was one in, there's one in Atlanta, uh, downtown mm. Atlanta. And I, the thing is, it was, took me by surprise. I walked into the theater not knowing that they served food. And they're they're bringing around menus. I wasn't even hungry. I said, "Well, yeah, the hell with it. You know, I'm here. I'm gonna have some food." So, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I always thought that would be a really good idea for um, for a movie theater. You know, to serve yeah. like high end, you know, wine and and good oh, food. Oh, guess what, guys? Oh, this uh, is Janet it. Pearson. Okay. Janet Pearson has just come out on stage, and I don't think I can keep doing this. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Because, All right, you know, well, the show's starting. It's okay, so maybe we'll, yes, it is. We'll try to catch up. We'll have, well, yeah, you, you guys can take home the rest of this. I, I have to, I think it's okay. to keep Okay, why talking. don't you hang up, and Phil, we'll keep talking a little bit. Okay. Okay. All right, see you well. Okay. All right, thanks, Jeff. See you, Jeff. All right. <laughs> well, that was a uh, breakneck pace from Jeff there. That was crazy. <laughs> It went from walking outside the theater to a bug in the throat to a <laughs> talking saving seats and then talking about the erotic massage and the game. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, speaking. I'm putting that in quotations right right here in you know in my living room. <laughs> speaking to them, right? Uh, yeah, Jeff? speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was wondering that too. I was going to ask him. So how how did you happen to, to get on the subject? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but yeah, I can't get over that with Christopher Plummer. I didn't know that that he was hasn't been nominated until 2009. I know. So. I, I should have um, I should have done more research on that. But I do remember. So it was last year that he did the last station. Yep. Yeah. And it was almost like a throwaway um, nomination too, because remember it was that small movie nobody saw, and they kind of figured, well, yeah, he'll get a nomination. It was supposed to be a great part, but it certainly wasn't a done deal. I mean, you think he might have been—he should have been the front runner if that was his first nomination, you know? For yeah, but I mean, look—I I think if anything, you know, with a Dragon Tattoo, even if it's not a you know quote unquote Oscar movie, they might still single out the performance. I mean, a lot of you know the Academy often looks at kind of the uh, the showy big supporting role in, in movies like that and says, let's you know recognize it like. Um, Al Pacino and Dick Tracy jumps to mind. Mm, yeah, right. You know, that's that's not a Oscar Best Picture movie, but it was a a, a good performance in a, in a showy role. So, yeah. And from what I remember in the original, you know that that character has you know is probably one of the most interesting characters in the movie. I think um, you know a lot of secrets, a lot of stuff under the surface. So mm. who knows? It could it could do something. 
Oh, I'm, and I'm curious to see this new movie to see how he's going to play, you know, a gay man. Usually that's <clears throat> major Oscar territory for, yeah. You know. So, so, um, well, so what about the box office? I guess I'll do, I'll do Jeff, I'll try to do Jeff's box office with you a little bit, even though I know nothing about it. But what's the haps? Yeah, well, I mean, we might as well look at the the weekend coming up. Um, okay. It's, it's quite possible that Battle Los Angeles could repeat. Um, Limitless, Paul, and Lincoln Lawyer are the new ones coming out. Um, and it's kind of this situation where they're running so close to each other, especially Paul and Limitless. And, um, and you know, Battle Los Angeles had a 35 and change a uh, million weekend. So mm-hmm. if that holds enough, it'll, it'll repeat as number one. I mean, I wasn't a fan of it. I don't think Jeff was either. Did you see Mm-mm. Battle Out? You just I didn't, saw no, but I'll, I'll do what Jeff would say was, how can this movie <laughs> be making money? What is wrong with people? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's the standard Jeff response. That's my, uh, that's why I like when I, you know, get on the phone and social networks, the number one movie in the country, because it's a lot, uh, it's a lot yeah. easier to have a conversation that way. <laughs> I know. You know the, Jack, the Jackass 3 weekend, I was like, let's just pass over the box office. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's not a bad popcorn movie battle. I like, like parts of it work, but mm. it's, um, and look, by all means, I support the troops and everything, but it's a huge, huge, massive um, Marine recruitment video. The, the Marines couldn't have done a better job oh, if, they, wow. if they made a movie themselves, yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, so you, you saw Red Riding Hood, right? That's the only one yeah. I saw. Yeah. And so what do you think about that, $14 million for the weekend? Is that a good thing? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, not really. No, I no. Mean, man, no. Um, especially for something that, I mean, it was kind of a, a nice bit of counter programming to to Battle Los Angeles, which you know was going for guys eighteen to thirty four mostly, mm. and then you had Red Riding Hood, which is the exact opposite, probably you know women eighteen to thirty four, and right. it just didn't hit. Um, Amanda Seyfried's, you know, she's she's still on her way up. It was a slight improvement over Letters to Juliet that opened to like. Thirteen point five. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Um, or letters from Juliet. I think I forget. What, yeah. what but I I didn't like that at all. Red Riding Hood. Um, and I think it's an early contender for worst line of the year. <laughs> What's uh, that? When get uh, this whatever spoiler warning. Um, at the end of it, when Gary Oldman yells, uh, "Lock him up," and then he pauses for a bit, and then he goes, "In the elephant." <laughs> I just. Oh, you remember what part I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay. I lost it right there because it's like an that was like an hour and twenty hour and thirty into it. And by then, I knew I was with the movie, you know, and yeah, checked out, and that happened, and then that was it. All bets were off. <laughs> In the elephant. <laughs> yeah, it was a pause. It, 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 it more. Um, what do you think of it, though? Um, well, I thought that I was kind of tripped out that Julie Christie was in it. Like it hadn't, I hadn't observed the fact that she was going to be in the movie, so I was a little bit surprised that Julie Christie and Amanda Seyfried and then Virginia Madsen played like the three blondes, you know, at different ages. And so it was kind of great to see Julie Christie after all. Um, but I just thought it was like a Twilight template and, you know, trying to so hard to, and I was with my 12 year old daughter. She didn't hate it as much as I thought she would, but it definitely has that like, you know, he's not a vampire. He's a werewolf, you know, and he's going to keep coming back to her. I mean, I think she liked parts of it, like she liked how pretty Amanda Seyfried was and how, you know, how sort of romantic it was. But, um, boy, it was kind of a bad movie all the way around. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you about the Twilight thing. I got the impression, well, it's it's kind of sad that that's there because, you know, obviously the the backstory is Catherine Hardwick was more or less, you know, kicked off the the franchise. and, And this has so many similarities to that in terms of like style they had those you know sweeping um you know helicopter shots of the the mountains coming in and mm. you know the the werewolf guy is um you know he has the dark-haired brooding type exactly like yeah. the guy in twilight so it seemed like you know she's was saying you know hey i wish i still had you know the twilight series to to play around with yeah, it um, looked like that, and she's maybe proving that you know she can she can really turn it out the way that they needed her to. Because the second and third Twilight movies were so much worse than the first one, you know. And I guess you got to say that Catherine Hardwick was re- the reason why, and maybe she's out to prove that. 
But er, that movie, every time that they brought up a line from the Red Riding Hood story, it just like was like nails on the chalkboard, you know, like what big teeth you have or I'm going to grandma's house or any reference like that that was supposed mm-hmm. to be funny. It just hit with a thud like it, <laughs> it didn't work. Well, at that's all. the problem. They try to play it way too straight. I think even, you know, I, yeah. I, I know the one scene you're talking about where she has a dream and, and Julie Christie's in it and they do the whole grandmother, you know, big teeth, big eyes, big ears, whatever. Um, and that just, yeah, that didn't work. But her, her scenes weren't bad, Julie Christie. I mean, no. that was like one of the things where I was like, oh, good, you know, kind of a relief to to see her in it. but I know, yeah. me too. It was great to see her, actually. And I thought, what a missed opportunity because you have a woman director. You've got these three really powerhouse actresses. I mean, I think Amanda Seyfried is really good. I think she's going to prove herself to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with later. But And then Virginia Madsen can handle it and Julie Christie. I just thought that... You know, it was so focused on the boys and the love story. I mean, how cliched, you know. Can we have something else, please? I mean, look at um, that movie, um, Sucker Punch, you know. And, yeah, that's also sort of, you know, titillating and, you know, for boys. But there's, it's just so much more interesting for girls like my daughter or whatever to come to a movie that's going to be about something more than who's this girl going to fall in love with, this guy or that guy? <laughs> I mean, come oh, it's on. A, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not enough. Well, you, you've got bridesmaids coming up which i hear that just played south by southwest and i'm hearing that it's not bad yeah surprisingly but whatever um the hangover for girls or whatever the you know they've the log line for that one is (laughs) is it really (laughs) i keep hearing mixed things like the girls on twitter seem to like it and the boys seem to hate it you know so i don't know yeah they've they've tried that thing before what was the movie with uh cameron diaz i think it was like the sweetest thing where they try to do uh I didn't see it, but they tried to do like, uh, yeah, female, <laughs> you know, the female version of a, a guy's raunchy comedy, and it just fell flat. Mm-hmm. But I, I hope this pops because I like uh, Kristen Wiig. I do I too. She's so yeah. funny. Um, so I'd like to see her get more film roles and stuff. Okay, so what about the Hangover Two? Since we oh, both yeah, love the Yeah, what do you think of the teaser? Song? Yeah, yeah. Now that Jeff's not here to bash it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Although we win. We win that. You know, we win that. <laughs> it's not the hangover. It's Golden Globe award winning. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We know how valid that is. Um, yeah, I don't know. What did you make of the teaser? Although, you know, I have to admit I haven't seen it. I'm embarrassed to say. I didn't even know. I'm just looking at your site right now and I see that it's coming up. I didn't even honestly know it was opening. How sad is that? But it's true. Yeah, I didn't know. Six, I think it is. Yeah. Um, the teaser was good. I, I've seen the teaser a couple times in a in a theater and the weird thing is the level ex- of excitement wasn't quite where I expected it to be. Mm. I, I was kind of shocked by that. Um, and it was, I forget what I saw it in front of, but it was, a, you know, it was a similar movie to, um, or it was a movie that people who would go to see the hangover would go to see, you know what I mean? So there was mm. a lot of overlap in the audience and, you know, I, I've talked to some people who are like, they're making a sequel, uh, yeah. uh, you know, who who didn't you know don't follow the industry as close as you know we do and they're just a little bit confused by it um you know it'll have a I have a lot of faith in Todd Phillips you know he yeah. doesn't yeah you know, I I don't think he would have uh, made this if he didn't feel like he could do something with it so well I've, you got I'm looking at your um your site here and you have the Facebook index so how yeah. does that measure um interest is it every time it's mentioned it gets oh i see because it's got the most fans the yeah yeah too. so we just take the the most active page yeah, and measure that and that yeah obviously that has a huge amount of fans i mean who knows how many of them are going to go see it in theaters i mean there's going to be a big rush that weekend obviously but you know it's, it's not going to get anywhere i mean it is I, I will take jeff's side right now to say and if jeff were here i'm sure he would say something similar to what i'm about to say which is that i'm looking at the facebook index and all of them except for fast five are, are sequels for the most interesting it's the hangover 2 transformers is a sequel right yeah pirates of the caribbean and kung fu panda 2 and the only one that's not is fast five of the top five i mean it's pretty interesting no, no, fast five is a sequel oh that's it is oh Furious. yeah yeah god all five of them are sequels yeah well i mean the advantage well that if you go down uh, the top seven are cars 2 and then x-men well x-men first class a prequel but yeah i mean those, god, that's crazy those pages yeah that's the summer blockbusters and and that's it that's what you get i mean rango had a nice little boost i mean that's number eight right now yeah. Um, and that was at one point like a hundred thousand fans, and it's up to four hundred twenty-four thousand. 
So it's which, getting word of mouth then. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's exactly what's happening there. Um, have you seen that yet or no? <laughs> I still haven't seen. <laughs> we gotta get. We're gonna get you the free movie passes. I know. Time. It's like if I don't go to a screening and I don't go the first two weeks, it's always like, okay, I now I have to wait all the way until Oscar season and they send out the screeners. <laughs> but it's sort of like if I already know it's gonna be a contender, I don't even need to see it, you know, because it's it's so obviously not about what I think, you know. If if it. Yeah, well, that, that's a good thing. I mean, you you seem to be almost the same way I am in that. You know, like I've said a couple times before, I'll wait till, you know, after I've predicted a, a movie's grosses to see it because I don't want my opinion in there in any way. And, and you seem mm. almost the same way where you're, you know that your actual opinion of the movie has nothing to do necessarily with what your job is to predict in a lot of ways. Oh my God, it's so true. And it's such a hard lesson to learn. In fact, when I don't see a movie, I tend to have a lot. Like if I hadn't seen any of the Best Picture winners this year, it would have been so easy to just be completely devoid of any emotion or opinion and just say, "Oh yeah, the King's Speech is going to win. Of course it's going to win." You know, and it wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been any argument or discussion about it. It's just funny because when you once you see something, your emotions get involved, and and depending on where your taste lines up with the majority, you know, which a lot of times it doesn't if you're someone who sees a lot of movies, you know. Um, well, I think what you and Jeff do. Is is more interesting. I don't. I don't like to read like, you know. I I don't want to read that King's Speech is the, the favorite to win. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we knew that. You know, go, you know, for a couple weeks before the, yeah. you know, it, it became very clear. You know, I, you and Jeff, you know, pick out your one thing and and champion until you're blue in the face. You yeah. know, and, and yeah. that's and that's what I try to do. You know, I I avoid it though. I mean, I this is like my outlet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is where I get to come out and say, yeah, "All right, this is this is what I like," and then I have to go back to being objective when it comes to you know. I can't be like, "Oh man, this made fifty million dollars. This sucks." I know <laughs> you're really think, good about that. That's, that's not, yeah, that's just not our place. You know what I mean? So right, it isn't. Uh, and but then how yeah. do you reconcile? Like I'm looking at that. I know that that would have pissed Jeff off if he saw that because at the same week they had the New York Times wrote. I don't know if you read it, but there's a piece in. Um, 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 by Manola Dargis and A.O. Scott about the summer of the sequels and why it's such a bummer and why are there sequels and the article was a, a total missed opportunity to talk about you know I don't know the meat of the issue which I didn't think they did at all they just kind of did it in the sort of one step removed way film critics do you know of like oh well you know this is what happens every year and you know they didn't really get into it but it's interesting to me that at the same time I'm looking I'm looking here and I do see that all these movies that are the top on on Facebook are sequels and so clearly people do want to see them they make a lot of money do you think it's because um they make the movies and people go see them or do you think that I mean, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you think there's interest in seeing a sequel and that's why they make the movies, or do you think people see them just because they're there? Um, it's, it's a weird combination of both, and I also think that Hollywood doesn't... Look, in a lot of ways, you can kind of tell people what they want to see by making it seem interesting. I mean, look at what happened with, you know, like, Inception. Um, mm. On paper, it, it's not a sequel. It, it doesn't... It's a $200 million, you know... I hate to say this, but think film, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want to sound pretentious about it. Right. And it was just marketed correctly, and 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 they pulled it off. I think they had this period of time in the summer where people want to go to the movies, and they can really take advantage of that and instead of cr- cranking out these, um, you know, lazy sequels all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, but – that's what it comes down to. I mean, what ultimately happens is they, it's, it's literally like a formula. They'll say, okay, well, we know the sequel is going to make maybe like, you know, three quarters of what the original made. Well, we'll make it for less. And then that's how we're going to recoup that. And we're going to go back to the balance. And then a lot of them, you know, they'll, they'll be huge hit over huge hits overseas. And then that'll be why, um, one example would be like the Chronicles of Narnia. They weren't, big here but they had sequels because it's you know bigger overseas Hmm. um so you know hollywood just needs to know that the the original ideas you know still can succeed even in the summer um when people quote unquote you know are 
checking their brains at the door and just want mm. empty entertainment. It's it's not necessarily the case. A, a good movie is always gonna, you know, hit. Um, you know, and especially in, and now with, you know, people have more options. You know, it's not the nineteen you know forties anymore where nobody had TV. Right. You know, or or anything. We have people have more choices, and if you don't really compel people to go to a movie theater, then you know, the chances are they're gonna stay home. Right. So that's I think Hollywood's waking up to that fact. Um, you know, slowly but surely. So. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And also there's a there's an element in all of us, especially when you're talking about hard, cold cash. It's like you want to pay for something where you sort of know what you're getting. You know, like you know you're going to get a Starbucks coffee that tastes a certain way. You know when you go to McDonald's you're going to get a bag of, you know, food that tastes exactly what you expect. And so with movies, it's like it's not cheap to go to the movies. You know, you have to. I went to the to the matinee with my daughter. It was like seventeen bucks. I mean, you know, for two of us for just a couple of hours. That's you know, that's a decent chunk of change for a working family. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's still cheap compared to anything else. I mean, you know, go yeah. to a baseball game, basketball game, whatever. Like any right. other kind of like form of entertainment, it still you know destroys that. But um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's um. It's but and I'm, my attitude too about like the sequels. Um, look, you know, fine, make the sequels, make your money off them because then you know you can give Christopher Nolan two hundred million dollars to mm. make Inception, or you can give, you know, I'm sure Clint Eastwood had a lot of money for Hereafter because it it's, it was certainly up on the screen. You yeah, know what I mean, and like yeah. the, those move that doesn't pay for itself. So a, a studio can say, look, we're gonna, um, you know, we're gonna take a hit on this one probably, but. It's worth it, and we can afford to because we just made a ton of cash off, you know, Fast Five. Right. So, <laughs> what's Fast Five? Know, the sequel to what is it? The Fast and the, it's all the Fast and the Furious. All the movies, Fast which and have, the Furious. Yeah, and those are good, right? Those are good movies. Uh, I I remember seeing the first one, and I but that was when I was I think I was like a teenager when that came out. Oh yeah, it, it, that's a weird situation where they they brought Vin Diesel back, and then all of a sudden it was like it just took off again so by far this won't be the last one we see of that i mean mm. and it's uh and it's actually opening right before the summer it's opening the end of april um so it's going to kind of have a it's going to feel like summer early basically yeah. i mean that's that's a summer blockbuster in every way and it's opening then but um yeah, yeah. this oscar poker will be interesting during the summer that's for sure every week with with you, you and jeff <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. i know i love his optimism that he wants to keep doing this every week till oscar season well i mean it's always, i mean the great you know you got to remember too that there's always during the summer those those gems that make it worthwhile i mean yeah. um you know uh, kids are all right came out last year in july you know, i know it's so. so weird to think of that and then it's really the job of the publicist to keep it you know, afloat and in everybody's minds. It's some of them do such a great job with that. It's Fox Searchlight. I mean, come on. They, well, but, no, that was was those, no. I think that was. Focus. Oh, it was Focus. Sorry, better cut yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, Fox Searchlight does. Fox Searchlight, job. Focus, and so <clears throat> Focus has. Does it? Who's doing Hannah? That new movie that's coming out is that uh, Focus uh, or? Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a tough sell. I think. You think so? Why? Because. Every time I've seen the trailer, it's like a lead balloon. I mean, it really is. It's uh, people are just. It just has a weird tone to it, a weird vibe. Um, you know, as a little girl, as a trained killer, it just yeah. I don't see that hitting at all. But no, um, and especially since it's her, she's not really a, a headliner. You know, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but then, it's a good role for her, and you know, it'll yeah. probably impress more people and get her more work. So more power to her. You know. I know, but I always worry that. Um, when a movie comes out at that time, that it's just a bomb and that they dumped it to the next year, you know, which isn't always the case because The Hurt Locker, of course, it seemed like it was dumped, but it, you know, it did very well for itself, not box office wise, but. Yeah, I mean, it did what it was going to do. It's a, It was a tough sell no matter what. I mean, you know, it's even though it is, I mean, if I'm sure a lot of people watched it after the Oscars and said, why didn't I see this in theaters? Because it really is a movie that needs to be seen in a theater for that visceral effect of it yeah. and uh yeah but we you know with the with the summer you know like kids are all right and you're saying yeah you know, i think they work really well as counter programming because with kids are all right that came out in like july and by that point i think adults are sick of making compromises and seeing these like brainless movies just because everybody else is going to see them mm. so by that point they're like okay enough is enough um 
finally a good you know movie for adults it's quiet there's no explosions um like i remember road to perdition was released in the summer too you know what i mean so you can you can pull it off you know quiet movie so what do we see coming up here is there anything coming up that we think what about the conspirator is that just dead in the water i see it's coming on april 15th and it it did so poorly up in at toronto last year the rubber yeah you have to think so right i mean because you would know better than I. I mean, if, if a movie's coming out in April and it has that kind of pedigree behind it, that usually is not a good sign, no. right? <laughs> I mean, for Robert Redford, and it's what, uh, James McAvoy is in it too, I yeah. think, right? Yeah, yeah. Robert Wright. So yeah, I mean, nah, I, I, that's not a good sign that they're putting it out no, at that that's time. Not. And then, so then there's Water for Elephants. That's the next big one. That's Fox. Yeah. Is your Oscar radar going off with, with that one? Oh, no, not really. But I'm just, I mean, I, you know, the Robert Pattinson fans are so nice and they're so supportive and they're so, you know, it's always great to have a movie that has that kind of a strong fan base coming anywhere near the Oscar race. It's always a great thing because, like, for instance, if a Christopher Nolan movie is headed for Oscar or um, any when the Lord of the Rings movies, they had, this, had such a huge built-in fan base um, that they come and they, they read what you're writing and they retweet and they link to your stories and they, you know, recommend it. And, you know, whenever that happens, you're always kind of on the watch just for their sake because they're such good, you know, site goers. And so yeah. since they're all such, you know, huge Robert Pattinson fans, I'm I'm definitely not going to write it off as as I might have. Um, I say you just do a post that says Robert Pattinson, <laughs> Oscar winner, question mark. There you go. That'll be your next uh, <laughs> no, seriously. Your next Black Swan sex. You know, remember that you were talking about yes, how that was big it's, traffic. It's there you go. still There's... the biggest traffic. Well, except for Oscar Day, it was the biggest traffic. <laughs> wow. But um, but no, that's right. If I did that, oh my God, the post would be huge. I should try it just as an experiment. Yeah, just as an experiment. And then just put a, you know, a picture of yourself smiling with like, <laughs> Holding like money uh, from the background, and that's it. I know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the. This is sorry, Robert Pattinson fans. I do love you, but I just have to say that um, I. It's 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 always hard to crawl out from under a role like that that he had in Twilight, and same with Chris, Kristen Stewart. Both of them are going to have a hard time crawling out from under that. Although yeah, Nat- Natalie Portman did it. Chance. Yeah, Natalie, it's weird. There's no rules for it. I mean, look at like uh, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. That could have easily gone differently. You know, I mean, yeah. Mark Hamill could have been the one that successfully left Star Wars, but that wasn't the case. You know, it's hard to predict who will, you know, survive it. I know, it's true. I mean, it's hard to think of Twilight as, as being as big as those, but it, it was, it is pretty big. And it's also could could apply to the Harry Potter kids, you know, the... Who's going to make it out of Harry Potter to to have a great career? Yeah, I think Rupert Grin will have a very hard time. <laughs> I don't, he's just so associated with that role. I think Daniel Radcliffe, maybe. Emma yeah. Watson. I could see her just like, um, you know, going off and doing her own thing and just yeah. leaving acting behind. Because, you know, she's going to college and everything, so... I could, I could definitely see that happening. But, I could um, too, and I wonder how many actresses like her are going to take their lead from Natalie Portman and know that in order to sort of break out of what, who they are and what they are, they have to do something like Black Swan, you know, to get everybody's attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think with with Natalie Portman, it was Star Wars was she wasn't she somehow managed to not be associated with that much, even mm. though she was in it. You know, it wasn't about her character. Her character only had was supporting, you know what I mean. So it wasn't as, and it wasn't even that iconic of a role, you know what I mean. So yeah. I think that's why she came out, you know, clean from that yeah. and managed to recur. But you know, who knows? Well, I'm I'm looking down here on the film film releasing, and I'm looking at the summer. To try, I'm looking at filmreleases.com because she's got it listed. I don't know how many you know, aren't on here that are supposed to be on here, but it looks like July has Harry Potter. That's going to be a huge, bo- I mean, not bomb, but it's going to make a lot of money, right? Harry Potter will will do very well, of course. It's the last yeah, one, I, right? Yeah, that's so it, it has a very good shot at being the most successful, you know, because people are going to want to soak it up, you know, hmm. go a couple times, live it while they can kind of thing, so... Can can it get anywhere near Avatar money? Do you think? No, no. It's it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's basically it's hit. It's it's not going to go 
you know, if it is the most successful of the series, it won't go, you know, that far past them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, either you're with it now or you're not. I'm not. Jeff's not. I mean, right. you are, I guess, because you're your daughter, or you seem to be genuinely interested in it. Yeah, um, a little but bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but you know, um so the Hangover Two's coming out all the way in May tw- on May twenty sixth. That's so that's so much later. I can't believe it's got all those fans on Facebook. Well that's just from the original movie. That that page is um you know, the the Facebook page for the hangover. You know, Oh, have- I gotcha. Okay. That yeah. makes a lot more sense, yeah. Definitely. I'd so. be a fan I think I am a fan of the hangover on <laughs> Facebook. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get the updates. Yeah. But I don't want them to turn me into a necessarily into a Hangover Two fan because I haven't seen it yet. But yeah. so I hope they haven't turned me into one automatically. You know. Well, that's the thing. That's what they're doing now. The studios are smart. They know that um, instead of creating a page specifically for the Hangover Two, they're just gonna, you know, the the Hangover page already has plenty of fans. So just post the updates there and and build on that. You know, instead of splitting the fans up yeah you know, it makes sense yeah oh let me ask you one more thing and we're we're sure. we're uh <clears throat> the hour mark yeah the hour mark but let me just ask you um so what do you think about insidious do you think it has any sort of chance to make a lot of money being that it's a pretty pretty well buzzed um so how you say it well buzzed it's been it's got good word of mouth don't you think and it's coming out april 1st do you, do you have any sort of idea about how much money that would make yeah, I mean, I think the, the whole thing that they're selling it based on Saw um, isn't gonna doesn't have a lot of mileage to Mm-mm. it, you know, because people I think are thoroughly sick of Saw and the horror genre. I think already kind of needs. I, I think you know, Paranormal Activity shows that people. I haven't seen Insidious. Is it very gory? No, that's why right, I was gonna so say it's it's a kind it's, of a it's classic. More psychological. Okay, yeah. well then, yeah, it might have a shot because. You know, paranormal activity, uh, you know, proved that people want, um, they're sick of the gore, you know, for the most part. I mean, mm. that, that, they got really tired of that fast, thanks to Saw. So, yeah, if it's, if it's a little more brooding and, um, psychological, then yeah, it might yeah. catch on and, and become, um, you know, something of a sleeper hit. But a horror movie like that has a ceiling of like, yeah, I can't, I could never see it doing more than 40, and that's, Forty million. Uh, wow, really? Yeah, and that's probably even a stretch. I mean, something like that, probably like twenty, thirty million range no would kidding. be a success. Yeah, but you know they're low budget, so that's that's fine. And then you make a lot of you know a movie like that'll sell like crazy on uh, VOD and and uh, you know Blu-ray rentals and Netflix yeah, it's and pretty all that scary. Stuff. I mean, I kept I had the production notes in my hand when I was watching it, and every time something would jump out, I'd flap them up to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so silly, but I couldn't help it. It was a reflex. I had to keep <laughs> shutting my eyes because it was so. Were you sitting in the back of the screen room? Or the no, front? I was in the front. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you were. A, you were the hero of the day, right there. So everybody saw <laughs> walking out. But it's that kind of movie. Like it's, yeah. it's the kind of movie that you don't. They don't show you the monsters until sort of close to the end, and then once you fix your eyes on them, it's not as scary anymore because you see. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. But before you're just given these hints of what it might be, and you and they describe it, and you see drawings of it, you know, and so you're and it every time it's one of those every time they like move a door, there's something there, <laughs> you know, it's like ah, it's one of those. It's like That's a haunted yeah. house. Yeah, I'll have so, to check it out. Yeah. Oh, I, please I like Patrick do. Wilson, so I, I, you know, anything he's in, I think is worth seeing. So and and definitely. Rose Byrne is really good in it too. I mean, I would totally see it again. It creeped me out. It creeped me oh. out. Not like The Ring, where like it it stuck with me as being a scary movie, but it it was it was a really creepy. I think that audiences are going to get into it. But That's well, um, so let me just ask you one last question. So when you're doing box office analysis, do you ever find yourself surprised by the results or? Do you find that most of the time you can pretty much predict how people are going to um how crowds are going to buy tickets and stuff like that? Uh no, sometimes you know there's there's a lot of surprises on. You know, we do uh you know Saturday we project for the weekend, you know, cuz we mm-hmm. have the Friday number and then we know and like just this past weekend, I mean, I did not think Mars Needs Moms was going to do as bad as it did. Um, oh no. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that that kind of stuff pops up all the time where mm. you know, right up until a movie opens, it seems like okay, you might get like a vibe that it's um not going to connect as well as you originally thought, but then it just completely 
even underperforms that, and then yeah, you are you are surprised. Hmm. Um, you know, and then and uh, there's the uh, another side to the coin is yeah, when a movie, um, you know, you think okay, this is you know catching on and this is uh, doing really well, and then it, the numbers come in and it's even beyond you know what you what you thought. Like um, example of that, we had we were what we were, we were pr- quite proud of the fact that we were the only ones who said that the hangover was going to beat land of the lost hmm. um which now is a no-brainer <laughs> you know obviously looking back on yeah. it but we even we didn't have it the hangover doing as well as it did you know what i mean so you, you can you get to to a point and then still things you know defy expectations right um, and the yeah. hangover so it did um do you have to see the movies usually to or you were saying that it helps if you don't see them because you sort of Go by. Yeah, well, I, I, we put our predictions out on Wednesday, so if I could, like, The Hangover, I remember seeing at midnight, and that was, you know, a lot of fun. And that point, I could just enjoy it and be mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, my my predictions out there, what we're saying's out there, you know, I don't have to worry about um, what I think of this movie influencing that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's it's that's just how it works. You Do know? Um, studios ever try to get in, like, in, involved or influence you at all? And um and how you project their movies are going to do? Like, do they ever, you know, write you and say, hey, we think it's going to do really well, or, or you're over-projecting for our movie, or anything like that? Uh, we get some off-the-record stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which every, most people do. I mean, Nicky yeah. Fink obviously gets it. Um, yeah, every, you know, anybody who's serious in the box office game can can get a hold of that information. And, um, yeah, you just it's one more factor that you, you play into everything. I mean, it's not like... A, it's not a black and white thing, you know. There's for some movies, Facebook fans might mean a lot. For some mean, movies, it might not. You know, mm. movie like The Town or or um, Unstoppable didn't have they didn't have followings on Facebook, but they were still very successful. So you just put everything together, and then you come out with you know prediction. Hmm. It's not an exact science by any means. So. No, it's not. But I just wondered, like, do they? Do they like it when people project a movie's going to make a lot of money, or do they prefer it if they, you know, if they have lower expectations heading in? And then oh, it- they definitely, uh, you know, all they try to downplay it always because then it's a better story if you know a movie exceeded expectations, you know, in mm. quotes. Right. Um, you know, that's that's just the case uh, always, and that's fine. And you know, whatever, I I understand their position on that, and it it makes complete sense, and. Um, I'm just happy for the information that you know they'll, they'll trust us. So yeah, um, yeah. So well, it's an interesting thing. It is interesting. Well, we'll keep an eye on the box office, and I think that uh, concludes our hour of Oscar poker. Our very difficult to put together <laughs> Oscar poker. Yeah, this is the Frankenstein version of Oscar poker. <laughs> <a> Frankenst- <laughs> but we pulled it together anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. So yeah, thanks again right, for having great. me. And- yeah, nice to have you. And thanks we will again. talk to you next week. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. You've been listening to Oscar Poker, episode 25, with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. This week, you can text uh, the Red Cross to donate to the uh, efforts in Japan by texting 90999. You can donate $10 from your phone. You can find us on Twitter at Awards Daily or at Wells H. Wood. Thanks for listening. Fish for Mercury.